Hey, Scott. Yes, Adam? That guy over there, why does he have a head shaped like a pyramid? Um, I don't know, but he is coming very slowly this way with a big knife. And he's not walking like an Egyptian. Coming to you almost live from the town of Silent Hill. This is The Unknown Student. I'm Scott. I'm Adam. We are your... Freaked out. Terrified. Hosts. That is correct. That is, that's what we're doing. It's very foggy here. It, yeah, my radio's not working either. Uh, mine is, and I think that means we have to run. Yes. Thank God there are no air raid sirens. It's nearly Halloween. It is. Which is part of the reason that we're in the town of Silent Hill. That is correct. And uh, uh, we will be joined a little later on by a young woman who engages in costuming. That's right. Uh, cosplay, specifically, because we have not really talked costumes before on the show. It's kind of weird. Yeah. We've talked a lot about Halloween. Uh, we've talked about uh, horror movie Yeah. We've talked about horror festivals. We've talked about Halloween in general, but we've never really done costumes. So we're really going to get into that uh, this episode. But before we do, I want to take you back to our the first episode of our season. We had Raman Ostad from Extra Life Edmonton here and uh, and uh, Scott's wife Anita to talk a little bit about this fundraiser, which actually took place yesterday Uh, at the time that we recorded the show. That's correct. That's correct. So So I am not as tired as you would expect. Uh, I had six hours of sleep before waking up this morning and coming here. Not bad. Which is, and this is probably, there's someone who's going to just have a fit when I say this. Six hours is probably how much sleep I regularly get. Yeah, that's not, I mean, that's not too bad, though. I would suggest for most people, they would be somewhat intellectually deficient after being up for 24 hours and And only sleeping six. six. Uh, It was, you know, 24 hours doesn't seem like a lot of time. But those last couple hours, and I even mentioned this, uh, I think, on the last show, the last couple hours are a push yeah. to get through. So what time did you start? Uh, we did 4 a.m. to 4 a.m. Uh, the, the rationale, and there were a lot of people who we were like, well, I would, that's a weird time. But the rationale is that way you get a, a bit of a night's sleep before, and you get a bit of a night's sleep after. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. How much, uh, how much coffee did you drink? Lots. Yeah. And uh, Pepsi. And lots of caffeine food. keeping you going, snacking throughout the day. Yeah, grazing, um, really. Yep, and uh, the occasional, sometimes you just have to get up and, and take a wander. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. And now now I know that you, um, first of all, you had a personal fundraising goal of $330. Yes. And how did you do? Uh, I exceeded the goal. Ooh. I, I want to say that I made 400 Okay, about um, $400. That's pretty good, Scott. I'm... Uh, I'm double checking that right now because uh, you kind of put me on the spot. <laughs> well, I'm just really excited. Uh, and I did get a, a, another donation yesterday morning. Ooh, that's which, good. Um, put me up at uh, 425. Nicely done. Uh, and as last year, I was uh, I had set my goal as uh, what I had made last year yeah. to meet or exceed that. I exceeded that, so next year it will be harder for me. Because 425 will probably be my goal for next year. Assuming I, I do it again next year. I might 
decide to do Movember next year and switch it up. And um, and now I understand that you had a, a I'm going to call it a scheme whereby if someone made a minimum uh, donation of was it twenty five dollars? Yes, twenty five dollars. I actually full disclosure I stole it from our friend Dan Kazor. Yeah. Yeah. who uh, has been on the show before, I want to say. He has not. Really? Haven't we established that Dan was not on the show? Dan mm. should be on the show. Dan might have been on the show. Dan, call us. Because uh, we know you're listening to this. Dan works for the National Post. Yeah. Uh, he is a, a video game reviewer. And um, he was on our team last year. He was trying to do something different this year, and it kind of fell through, and he ended up just kind of doing it himself. Uh, we hope to have him back next year. Dan's a great guy. Anyway, uh, he actually streams his, which is a technology that I do not currently possess. He um, streams his whole Extra Life yep. thing over Twitch? or uh, I want to say yes. Okay. And uh, so for X amount of dollars, and last year he was doing 25, I think he upped it a little this mm-hmm. year, uh, you could tell him what to play. Right. And uh, he would play that for an hour for every $25 that you donated. And so I was doing the same thing, but only two people actually took me up on it. Oh. Although I got plenty of donations, only two people gave me $25 and said, you must play this for an hour. Uh, and that was Dan himself. Okay. Uh, asked me to play FTL, which is the Faster Than Light, the uh, roguelike space exploration game uh, available on Steam. Very cool. For an hour. And then my uh, cousin, cousin-in-law, uh, asked me to play Cubert for an hour. What a dick. Cubert, uh, and I'm, I'm talking like the 1980s mini arcade game like the actual little box the little blue box uh cubert with all of its blips and bloops that is a game that does not lend itself well to an hour of continuous gameplay no i don't imagine that was hard to get through and i was swearing along with cubert for most of the time because that snake is a cheating (laughs) little bitch just like all snakes going all the way back to when that dude wrote the bible are you suggesting that a snake wrote the Bible? No, but there, this is just... Let's this talk kind of about, went off the rails. Yeah, this is definitely. Now, uh, here's a question for you, because now I, I love video games, as you know, but uh, do not have the the zeal, the wherewithal, the testicular fortitude to participate in Extra Life. And I think the only way that I would is with booze. Now, do, we... I bought a case of beer before Extra Life okay. with the expectation that I might drink some of it. But I was focused on getting caffeine in me, so I didn't really touch it. And uh, my friend Devin ha- did bring up the fact that uh, booze can make you sleepy, especially beer can make you sleepy. That's absolutely true. So uh, drinking beer, especially later on, like if we had a little bit earlier, that might have been one thing. But later on in the day, that's just maybe asking for trouble. Yeah, you're right. It would have been a lousy strategy for me. Uh, to play video games and drink. Actually, not a great idea in general. Um, <laughs> not if you want to do well at the video game. That's right. Now, um, so Scott had a great experience. It, it, you know, there was a lot of there was a lot of coverage actually. And if you yep. uh, take a look at our Twitter account, you'll see we've retweeted some of the um, some of the tweets from Extra Life, where the mayor jumped in with Aunt Counselor Andrew Knack yep. and the the I think I want to say the president of the Stollery Children's Hospital Foundation, and played some video games for a little while, which is yeah. pretty cool. Um, and uh, from from what I understand, I was not at the big event at Northlands, but as I understand it, it went tremendously. It sounded great, and uh, that is excellent news uh, because, of course, we had uh, Raman on. Last show, and and Matt Dykstra couldn't make it last show, but uh, he uh, has put a lot of work into it as well, and uh, the two of them uh, 
deserved success, basically, for the amount of work that they put into it this year. They did. And so they had, uh, for their team, they had a $50,000 goal, which they exceeded by $3,000. So which is excellent Amazing. News. Yeah. Great news. And that was, a, that was a goal that they had set a little bit higher than of the previous year, if I recall correctly. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, although uh, Extra Life is in support of the Children's Miracle Network, mm-hmm. which is a network of children's hospitals all across North America, um, you can specify which hospital, if you want to support the hospital in your community, and they were indeed supporting the Stollery. That's right. And so between them, uh, guys like you, Scott, and your team, and all the other teams in the Edmonton region, uh, Extra Life Edmonton has said that the, the Stollery Children's Hospital... Uh, raised $124,648. And that is very good news. In, you know, for for an event that ostensibly takes place over one day. I mean, you know, well, you're collecting pledges and stuff. For you, yeah. Now, th- you can still donate to Extra Life. Yes, you can. Uh, until December 31st for this year's campaign, you can still make a donation. So if you want to go over to actually Scott's page and donate a couple dollars. Uh, you can make it more difficult to me. Uh, my team came up a little short, so oh. we would uh, welcome... Uh, further donations. You can also donate to my wife, Anita. There you go. Uh, she was also short of her goals. So uh, uh, seeing as I exceeded mine, if you do want to throw a couple dollars our way, maybe check out her donation page and uh, slip a couple dollars her way. There you go. Now, um, this is our Halloween show. It, it really we is. Should, we should segue a little bit into some Halloween talk. Yeah. And, and uh, so I, I'm going to start out by saying, what are your Halloween plans for this year? Well, um, I'm planning to dress up, which is not something I... I'm, I'm a bit of a poopy pants when it comes to Halloween. I'm not, I'm not a big... I haven't historically been a big Halloween uh, participant, um, but I'm changing that this year. So I'm going to dress up. Uh, this weekend, only in one costume. I know some people do one one day, one the other. But um, I'm dressing up along with a colleague of mine here at, at Calder Bateman. Uh, I'm going to be Krieger from the TV show Archer. Okay. So so it's pretty simple. I've got the beard. I just have to sort of slick my hair back, wear a tie, some nice slacks, a lab coat, probably with a lot of blood on it. And, and have get, a holographic uh, lady uh, anime waifu. Yeah. And my uh, my uh, one of my colleagues here at work, Andrea, is going to dress as Lana Kane. Nice. Yeah, and she she's she's got all the stuff for it. She's going to look amazing. So that's that's sort of what what I'm planning. I'm also planning to uh, stop by your Halloween party because you guys do one every year. We do. Nita really likes getting people together for Halloween. I mean, I do too. But I won't lie. I would not do it on my own. She's the one who really puts it together. She's the driver. Um. And uh, I'm not going to say where or when it is because it is not an open invitation. But we will end up with a full house as it is because, of course, most of our friends now have children. Mm-hmm. And we like to throw a children-friendly party. There you go. So it is Halloween candy and, and costumes. And costumes are mandatory. You're not allowed through the door if you're not wearing a costume. Is that right? I did not You don't that. have to put much effort into your costume, but you have to be wearing something. A silly hat would suffice. Uh, and has in the past. Okay. Now and um, and you guys do this every year, which is pretty exciting. But this is this is kind of a different year because Halloween falls on a Friday. Uh, it's always nice when Halloween falls on a day of the week that makes for a good party. Yeah. Um, also, and we have had it fall on a weekend before, 
when we've been hosting it. And the general rule of thumb is if a trick-or-treater comes to the door, who, whichever party goer is nearest to the door hands out some candy. Ooh, I like the shared responsibility. That's right. Do you guys get a lot of trick-or-treaters in your neighborhood? Uh, we did the first year. Mm-hmm. Um, for, and I think it was because it was, uh, the first year we moved into our, our current residence, it was warmer. Yeah. And I think that encouraged more people to kind of get out and trick-or-treat. Last couple of years have been a little cooler and uh, the numbers have slipped off. But I think that that's kind of generally the rule of thumb overall. I don't think as many kids go out trick-or-treating anymore. And I think that is, for the record, a terrible shame. Well, and there are all these other, like, organizations, malls, businesses that do trick-or-treating trick in a mall inside. is not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. And, and it should not be tolerated at all. I'll tell you this, though. According to the forecast today, which is many, many days before Halloween, um, they're saying partly cloudy and a high of seven with a low of minus two. That's not too bad. That's not bad. I've certainly for... trick or treated myself in much colder weather. Oh yes, back in and the day, like knee deep snow, and that's not one of those back in my days. Uphill both ways. Uh, I mean, legit. There were years where uh, having a costume that fit over a snowsuit was practical. Yeah, I remember those days. I believe they called them the eighties. Yep. Now there's a lot of other Halloween stuff that's sort of going on around the city. And are you partaking in any of it? I. I'm going to try this week, but probably not. What what kind of stuff are you going to try to take in? Well, just up the street from where we record this show behind uh, McEwen, I guess there's a haunted house called uh, Deadmonton House. Is it put on by Deadmonton? I don't know if it is. It might be, but it's not spelled the same as D-E-D, as Deadfest, right? Yeah. Um, now, someone, one of my friends went there this past weekend, uh, stood in line for an hour and got through the house in about 10 minutes, and she said she's never been so terrified. And it was worth waiting. Huh. That it's just one of those experiences that they've put a lot of time into making really good. Uh, Nita and I just came back at the time that we were recording this from Banff. Oh, uh, yeah. Where we were helping uh, a friend who works for Parks Canada put on a haunted house at the Cave and Basin. How did that go? Uh, it was a very interesting experience. We were there earlier in the week to help set up mm-hmm. and put together a, a scary experience. And they, they try to tie it into kind of the, the cave and basins, I want to say, natural history. Okay. So, that, so it's a bit of a learning experience as well? Yeah. So that there's, there's a little bit of, uh, of, of learning about the history of the site and a little bit of uh, learning about... Um, the, the stuff that goes on at the cave and basin while simultaneously offering up some, some spooks and some scares cool and, and some ghost story atmosphere. And, and I thought that was kind of neat. Uh, I learned that creeping is surprisingly good exercise because my muscles were very sore. Uh, the two days that we actually worked the haunted house. Were you crouching a lot of the time? And there was a lot of crouching and, and skulking. Ooh. Um, because I could flit through the backstage areas and creep up behind groups and whatnot. And I, I was not uh, dressed in a black robe like so many of the other volunteers who were just there to direct to to herd groups and to and to jump out and scare them. Okay. Um, I was kind of a floating volunteer in that sense. So uh, basically, I looked like a psycho killer. I was wearing a, a scary mask and a dark hoodie, awesome. and I had fashioned myself from duct tape a crude-looking shiv, and uh, was basically just creeping after groups and and menacing them. That sounds. And it awesome. was kind of fun. Did you I get any really good scares out of people? Uh, I did one, one good scare. Yeah. Um, with one group, and that's because uh, in, in the basement of the cave and basin. Um, 
was one of the areas that they had set up. And it was over by where uh, the work, the innards of the old swimming pool used to be before the swimming pool got bricked up. Okay. And so there's like two long corridors that run beside where the swimming pool used to be, just full of pipes and stuff that they've kept in the expectation that one day they might reopen the pool. That sounds really creepy. And it is, especially in the dark. And one of the longer corridors uh, actually gets uh, narrower and... uh, Shorter? Shorter. Like the ceiling comes down Uh, a little bit? The roof or the floor slopes up a little bit. Oh, my God. So you have to crouch through it. And we were hurting people through that. But the other one didn't really have much going for it. It's just long and dark. Um, And the person at the head of the group, the, the tour guide, has a lantern. And the person at the end of the group, who was either just a brave volunteer or uh, another tour guide, had another lantern. Okay. And at the end of uh, the this one group that I was following was one of, was our friend, and she turned off the lantern just to plunge the back end of the group into total darkness. Oh boy. And I had been skulking behind them just out of the uh, just on the outside of the light, but I had a flashlight with me, so I turned it on, uh, <laughs> aimed up at myself. And just kept following them. And some people looked back because it was dark and were like, oh, crap, something's coming up behind us. <laughs> That's awesome. Which freaked them out. And that was that was my one really good scare. That's great. That's really great, actually. Um, I, I, I imagine a haunt for some reason, the idea of a haunted house in a mansion uh, – or sorry, for some reason, the idea of a haunted house in the mountains – is uh, is pretty freaky. Well, and we had one of the stations was out on a trail. Like you left the the facility itself, you went down into a trail a little bit, and there was the the Devil's Horse Packer was there around with a campfire, and would tell basically a campfire story around the campfire. Wow! And then we get attacked by a zombie grizzly bear. Totally a thing that happened. And happens. a twelve foot tall zombie grizzly bear. And I'll just leave that to your imagination. That but that was a thing that happened. Sorry, seriously? Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's really exciting, actually. Yeah. Damn it, I wish I'd gone. Um, there's a lot of other stuff that goes on in the city of Edmonton, of course. There's Dead Fest that happens during Halloween. Yep, and that's um, uh, going on presumably this week. I think so. And and they've even got they've got some films that they're showing at uh, at um, the Metro as part of that. Yep. There is the annual Fort of Fear, which they do down at Fort Edmonton, which is. Uh, Kind of akin to what I was doing at uh, the Cave and Basin, really. Historical which Offers some, some historical uh, uh, interpretation is the yeah. word I was looking for. And uh, also a few frights and scares, and that is indeed going on right now. Yeah, so there's, uh, there's a whole ton of stuff happening for Halloween. And if you're interested in finding out more, I highly suggest you go to shareedmonton.ca, which is a site that MacMail created. It's going to have all those details on it. If you're trying to figure out what to do this week, and Mac Mail is a himself a scary dude. He is terrifying. So, blindingly white. <laughs> that Mac Mail, who who just got married recently. Yes, congratulations to him. Yeah, Edmonton's internet just got married. Just got married. Sharon and Mac got married. And they just got back from their honeymoon too, which is kind of cool. So yeah, that's what that's what my Halloween's going to look like. Uh, and that's kind of what my Halloween's going to look like. We're hoping for more trick or treaters this year. Yeah, um, but we're not. Holding out hope. We uh, we try to give ourselves the um, uh, the glow of a good house, as it were, uh, because we hand out full size chocolate bars. Ooh! We'll so how do you, Costco? How do you advertise that level of quality? Uh, you just hand them out year to year and hope that word spreads. Because if if a kid remembers, oh, that house gave us a full sized Mars bar. Yeah. They'll mention it to their friends, and they'll come back next year That's, hoping to get another full size Mars bar. You're building a brand. Exactly. <laughs> uh, 
And we go with Mars bars specifically because they are not free. Right. Because that's just prudent, basically. Yes, yes, yes. Mars is good. I'm, I'm a fan of Mars. They advertise not free. The candy bar is not bad. And, I mean, it's, it's a nice, sizable candy bar. It's certainly bigger than, like, a little snack-sized Mars. Which is, they, those seem to get smaller every year. Yeah, they tend to. That's the, the consumerist.com calls that the consumer shrink ray. Yep. And that's totally a thing. Well, it's like how uh, chip packaging remains the same size, but you get proportionally fewer chips in them. Yeah, it's one of those... Uh, like the first third of the bag is empty. It's, it's a mystery. It's a total mystery. That's Scott Lilwall walking past the studio. Yeah, we just uh, saw Edmonton's own Scott Lilwall walk past where we are recording. He, I don't think he noticed us. He did not see us. He was looking He was looking away. And he was listening to something on an iPad, and I personally would like to think he was listening to an episode of The Unknown Studio. Probably. So the next time he walks down this street, past this building, he'll look inside because he, think, he'll, he might think, well, Adam and Scott must be there. He must have just gone to the market, which is next door. That that seems prudent, obvious, likely, probably. So we want to know what you guys uh, what you guys are doing for Halloween. So uh, tweet us, yeah. Send us a message on Facebook. Let us know what you're doing. Maybe send us a picture of your costume, assuming that it's you know work appropriate. Yeah, yeah. If it's uh, pornographic, you can email that to Adam at theunknownstudio.ca. <laughs> um, one of the other questions I wanted to ask you, Scott, is uh, is around the the ceremony and tradition of uh, pumpkin carving. You guys, yes. Do you guys get into this, you and Anita, at home? Anita loves to carve pumpkins. I'm on the fence about carving pumpkins. I like it in theory, but it's a lot of work. It actually really is. really messy. Yeah. Um, and that has traditionally been a bit of a deterrent to me. Like, I have no problem doing it. If Anita's doing it and she gets a couple pumpkins, I'll carve one with her, so long as she's willing to clean it out first. But um, <laughs> Prep. That's, that's, that's called prep. But I just, I don't like... Uh, the amount of work that goes into it. And we may have found a workaround this year. Oh, how's that? Um, a Mexican servant. No. Um, but uh, technology can do some magical things. Hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Ooh. You 3D printed a pumpkin, didn't you? Uh, maybe. Maybe. That would that's be... actually a really good idea. Now that you've actually, mentioned yeah. it. So there you go. Uh, you know and what you'd to do. you'd be able to reuse a 3D printed pumpkin year after year. Assuming the candle inside it doesn't melt the plastic. But there are those uh, you fake can get, candles. You can get a, a little fake tea light and throw yeah. it in there. Yeah. yeah, there you go. We've just solved the pumpkin problem, as Scott The pumpkin it. crisis it is. has been resolved. It actually is a crisis. And then I suppose uh, by Saturday, uh, November 1st, It'll be time to shop for Christmas because that's when all the fucking and Movember also. Kicks yes, off. Christmas stuff has already been in stores. Let's be perfect. Has it frank. really? Yeah. Oh my god. Christmas stuff has been in stores since like June. It's true. Some stores, but uh, Movember does start, and although we'll probably talk about that a little more in our first November episode, it's yeah. worth mentioning right now. Uh, I don't think either of us is fundraising this year. No, and and I'm I'm probably not going to. Just do the mustache thing either in solidarity. I uh, I am maybe going to grow a mustache as a show of support. I'm I'm waffling on it. Uh, it. Generally, year after year when I do, something ends up coming up in November that I have to go to that's like a formal event, and I look ridiculous with a mustache. Nobody judges me because they recognize it's a November thing. And most other, many other people, I should say, are also are, are participating. Are also doing it, but uh, it's always an embarrassing time. Um the reason I'm not fundraising for Movember this year is because I just did Extra Life. And that's just 
literally a consideration thing. A lot of the people who would have donated to me for Movember just gave me money for Extra Life, probably would not be inclined to give me money again for Movember because, I mean, it's great to give to charity, but you give within your means. Sure. And I'm, I'm not going to look down my nose at somebody who gave me money to support the Stollery and wouldn't be able to give me money to support men's health. Yeah. And all the power to the people who are supporting men's health. I'll probably donate some money myself uh, to someone. But um, me asking for money from my friends and family and then immediately asking for more money from my friends and family, just it doesn't strike me as as right. Fair enough. I, I understand the, the trepidation. I mean, you want to you wanna be effective in your fundraising, and because you've just yeah. done one, it makes sense not to do the other. So the, I, I picked my battle for this year, there and you I've go. supported Movember in the, fast, uh, in the past, and I will likely support them again in the future. Yeah. And, and I certainly wish the campaign tremendous success. Absolutely. And, and again, will very likely be donating some money of my own in support of it and would encourage you, our listener, to do the same. Yeah. In fact, uh, they Movember did their launch uh, last week on Thursday, I believe. Uh, or a couple weeks ago by the time you're hearing this. And if you're interested in following the people in Edmonton participating in Movember, you can find them at Movember EDM on Twitter. Uh, they 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 plan actually quite a few events in the city. Much like how uh, Extra Life just had a, a big event. Yeah, There are exactly. several big Movember events that also take place. Yeah, and, and different groups, including uh, the Mo Sisters, uh, led by uh, a couple of women, including Carrie Skelton, who we had on the show a few years ago to talk about that. And they're still going strong uh, with Movember. So... And um, uh, Canada, for the record, is traditionally one of the larger global fundraisers for Movember. We are fond of facial hair. Although it started in Australia. That's right. That is where it first began. But, but I mean, we're a northern country. We respect the, mu- the mustache and the beard. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to say that because I've got one. You can hear it. I, I am presently facial hairless. Uh, Although you've got a nice, disclosure, fi- nice five o'clock shadow. Full disclosure. Uh, one of the reasons that I have been uh, holding off on growing back any facial hair is because my beard trimmer just broke. Ooh. Which is uh, a tool that any self-respecting facial hair growing man needs to have. But I might not be able to get a replacement for it until Christmas because I will probably ask for one for Christmas. Well, and a good one is not cheap. No. Uh, in fact, the one that I have... I bought several years ago and, and was uh, a little pricier. I splurged a little bit on a, on a decent beard trimmer because my previous one had been crappy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just stopped working on me. And uh, I thought I had been taking care of it. So I was a little disappointed. But that's been actually a detriment towards me continuing to grow facial hair. So Scott is clean shaven. More clean shaven than I have seen him in years. Uh Partly, yes. I've been I've been trimming my sideburns with scissors. I don't want to say I'm disappointed, but I'm disappointed. I I understand, uh, yes. and rightly so. Totally natural. Yes. Starting October fifteenth, it's Waterloo Ford's Quick Lane Tire Sale. Up to forty percent off all major brands of tires. Don't wait until the first snowfall to get new winter tires. All makes and models of vehicle welcome, and don't worry about your other tires taking up space on your balcony because we offer affordable, safe, secure tire storage. Visit Waterloo Ford at one hundred seventh Avenue, one fourteenth Street. Get the jump on the season and book online at EdmontonQuickLane.ca or call seven eight zero eight hundred seven five nine nine. If you missed the address, number, or website, you can rewind this commercial.
should uh, we should take a moment. We should take a moment. Just just out of the show to thank our sponsor this month. That's right. Our sponsor this month is Waterloo Ford. Waterloo Ford is supporting the Unknown Studio. Um, we are shocked that a major car company said they looked at newsprint and they looked at television and they said no we are going to do those as well as That's <laughs> sponsor right. a podcast let's see how this podcast sponsoring thing goes and we're actually so grateful for them to be and uh, us. in in fairness our first episode uh had uh Tremendous success this season. I, I won't go into the nitty gritty, and I'm not going to say any numbers, but I will say that there has been a marked uptick in downloads for the beginning of this season. I was, and I would like to think that that reflects well upon uh, our ability to supply support for a major sponsor like Waterloo. Absolutely. In fact, I'll tell you guys this because I told it to Scott. Um, October 2014 has been our best month for downloads in the history of the podcast. And we could not have done that without you, the listener. We're very, very pleased. So thank you so much for supporting us. And thank you to Waterloo Ford Lincoln for supporting us. We should talk about a little more. Well, they're doing a a promotion right now on tires. Yes. Right? So you can buy... Because it is winter tire season. It it is the season. As I explained to you in an ad you listened to not but moments ago. It's true. So, um, and not only that, but I mean, they do a lot of great things. They've got a, actually a promotion right now where members of the Canadian Armed Forces get a $500 parts and accessory package with any, with any vehicle purchase, which is very cool. So, And it is worth noting if you are looking for winter tires, but you do not have a Ford vehicle, Waterloo Ford will still hook you up. That's right. They are not snobs. They just want to give you tires. They just want to give you tires. They want you to be safe. And on by the give road. you tires, I mean sell you tires at a fair price. There you go. That's right. That's right. So thank you so much to Waterloo Ford uh, for supporting the show. So we're very excited. I think is, is the correct word. Excited. Yeah. Yeah. To have uh, Melissa Sakela on the show. Say hello, Melissa. Hi. Melissa is a local cosplayer and actually one of my former students at Guru Digital Arts College. So they turn out like legit students. It sort turns of. out. Kind of. Yeah, hopefully. Did you wind up doing anything with your guru education? Is it part of what you're doing now? Yeah, absolutely. I went um, to guru, and then after that, I kind of invested more into the comic book scene, in the convention scene, and now I sell illustrations part-time. Wow. Because many conventions will take me. That's great. Yeah. So. so so you're on the show because, sort of, because it's our Halloween show, basically. And one thing that we've never really talked about in our many years of doing Halloween episodes, is costumes. Yeah. Like, we, we touch on it a little bit, I'm sure. It's implied... I, I never went back and listened to all of our old Halloween shows to verify anything of what I'm saying. But I'm saying, with absolute certainty, we've never talked about costumes. Yeah, which is weird. We've implied that costumes are a thing that happened during Halloween. Yes. So, now, you, you don't dress in costume just for Halloween, of course. No, no. How did you get into the whole cosplaying thing? Um, well, Halloween was the first sort of start and then when I realized that it was something that happened more than once a year I was in there like a dirty shirt I went to my very first convention was at a high school in St. Albert and I bought a cheap Halloween costume and I decked out before the month was even started and I just went from there and realized that you could just dump money into it and just <laughs> dress up as much as possible. Was so, it the Bellrose Anime Festival? It was, yeah. It was... I'm familiar with that. It was interesting, but it was a good start to everything. How right. long ago was that? Um, 
Well, I've been cosplaying at conventions for about five years now, so maybe six or seven. It was a couple of years before I, I went to conventions. So. So, so you're really into costumes. You, you, you enjoy dressing up, particularly around Halloween. How do you go from that to being what, what looks like a career cosplayer uh, at conventions all over Western Canada? It's Honestly, it's just doing what you love. If you love dressing up in Halloween and you love just costumes and, and movies and monsters and outfits and stuff, it's really easy to carry that over into doing what you love. And I mean, even going back to the guru thing, they did, they teach you to do what you love and somewhere, someone will pay you for that. <laughs> now, I think that uh, a question at this juncture that at least 50% of our listeners are asking is, how does one get paid to dress in costume? How is that a career? I haven't actually been paid. However, I have done a lot of research into it. Um, it's not something that you can just jump into and expect people to throw money at you. You honestly have to do it because you love doing it, and opportunities will arise because of that. I know cosplayers who get invited to conventions, and their booth is paid for, and they have prints, and they market themselves that way, so they offer a product. Um, it's not just, wow, you look really, really good in that Mortal Kombat outfit. And here, let's just have some money. <laughs> that so, would be amazing if that's how it worked. That would be fantastic. That, I think that I would switch careers if that were a thing. You'd yeah. be a professional William T. Riker? I would, yeah. That's the only th Fat Riker. That's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> I would dress every year as Fat Riker. Now, you mentioned, uh, obviously, you, you're doing it as a labor of love, not necessarily getting paid gobs of money for it. Mm. And you did say at the very beginning, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, this is an expensive hobby. Yes. So, so drugs are cheaper. Drugs are cheaper. So it'd be it'd be better to be a crack addict. Absolutely. If you were into saving money. Yes. Now, uh, however, if you are concerned about your health, well, we would not advocate that you become a crack addict. It's it's one of those choices. It's one a, or the other. It's, it's a life choice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't know many crack addicted cosplayers because no. they would be more destitute than usual. But but you're but they look really good. <laughs> be they so would look skinny. amazing. Yeah, that just be, yeah, that's right. They could be they could dress as any any superhero that's thin, that's yeah, really thin, much. gaunt and unhealthy, which is I don't know, the guy who stretches in the Fantastic Four. I don't know comic books that well. All right. So, so it's an expensive hobby, but you're you're doing it cuz you love it. Yes. Um and and I've I follow you on Facebook, so I've seen I've seen some of the images on your Facebook page which uh, tell people where they can find you on. Um Facebook. it's just facebook.com artist misty and it's all just one big word. There you go. Artist Miss Misty? Missy. Missy. M I S S Y. M I S S Y. All right. And you've got many different costumes. Yes. So, how long has it taken you to build up this roster of different characters? Um like I said, I've been pretty dedicated to this for about five years. So since the beginning. Yes. Um, every year I try to make at least two costumes. Now is it, is there pressure to always have something new to bring to a convention or is it in the cosplaying, the CD cosplaying underworld, is it okay <laughs> to show up uh, wearing something that you wore last convention? Um, I personally find new costumes are always a good way, again, to market yourself and to keep yourself fresh. But when you spend a grand on a costume, you don't want to wear it once and throw it out. You want to use and abuse that thing. So I find, um, usually at conventions, they have one really big day, usually the Saturday of the weekend. So I find a lot of cosplayers will bring out something new for that day and then kind of recycle on the other days. Wow. I suppose that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to have a, you, you don't just want to be one person all weekend. That's true. Now, you've been to a few conventions this fall even. 
Yes. Where have you been around Alberta and Canada? Um, this past fall, there was the Edmonton Expo that was local. It's their third year that just passed. It was fantastic. Yeah? Yeah. What made it so fantastic for you? It's it's gotten big enough that they can bring in some really cool people and some really interesting um, guests. But it's not so big where it's like Calgary, where you have to fight to, to see them. Right. So it's, it's at that really good, comfortable level where... The big names are coming, and you can meet them within a half an hour, and your whole day isn't wasted waiting in line. So you're not just there because of the costume and the hanging <laughs> on the illustrations. You want to meet some of the guests. Yeah, no, I started spending money, and then only in the last couple of years I started trying to make money. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Have you ever uh, met a guest at a convention dressed as a character that they play? Or uh, drew in the case of an artist or something like that? Um, I've done, I've done artists. I've met a few, um, like DC artists. I haven't specifically done any actors though. Um, I'm going to totally slaughter his name, but Dustin Wen, um, he's an illustrator or artist for DC comics and he, um, illustrated one of my favorite Peyton Riley comics. Um, and I got to meet him and I was dressed up as, as Peyton. So that was a lot. And how did he react to that? He was he was really impressed. He actually gave me a business card and said to like text him a picture or send him a picture. So I was it cool. was a good moment. You feel pretty yeah. proud when you make someone happy who's been involved in making a character. So, For sure. Or artists drawing the character. What about other cosplayers? Are you interested in meeting them? Is there a community there at all? Oh yeah, absolutely. There's well, everybody knows like Jessica Negri and Lindsay Elise and like all of those big name cosplayers. They're right up there with other convention guests so meeting them is is really interesting and really inspiring it makes you just want to go home and make more costumes are you ever jealous of the stuff that they are able to produce totally almost always if i could have jessica Grease bod i would go <laughs> home happy very very happy now uh what goes into making a costume well, like walk us through the process of of like really intricate, hardcore costume design as a cosplayer does it. Because when I when I think putting together a costume, I think uh, going to the thrift store and finding some clothes that occasionally fit me and then hitting a Halloween store for some makeup or a mask and then calling it done. Yeah. That's totally fine, too. Like, every cosplayer is different. For me, the biggest step is research. Like, I want to do a character that I actually enjoy, a TV show that I love, or a comic book that I, like, worship. Um, so I'll do as much research as I can. I'll buy comics, I'll buy movies, anything that they're in, and I'll do a bunch of Googling and look for um, data on them that way, like, just big history of what they've done and stuff like that. Um, after that, then I do research into the comic the comic, sorry, the costume itself uh, to see like how it's made and the details and everything. And if I can find like a full 180, that helps a lot. Mm -hmm. Then I start looking for the product. I'm a firm believer that if you don't have to reinvent the wheel, you shouldn't. Um, if there's boots out there that look good and they're on eBay from China, why make boots from scratch? No kidding. Fair point. So, Do you know how to make boots from scratch? I tried, yeah. Oh my God. It was a gong show. You mentioned you do a lot of research of the character, so it's obviously not just about how they look. You want to mm -hmm. kind of know the person you're dressing up as. Some class players actually will get into character, and just if they're Wolverine, they're Wolverine. They call you a bub, they smoke the cigar, that's all there is to it. Um, I'm not that hardcore just because I, 
I laugh too much and I get too... <laughs> I, I can't do it. I, f I feel silly. But, um, yeah, research into the character is very important because I don't want to just dress up just because they look sexy. I want to actually like what I'm doing. I actually want to love the character. Uh, Red Sonia, I did her this past year, and I love her. And it's not just because she's really, really good looking in a bikini, <laughs> but like I just, she's just so badass. And then that's really important to learn about her as well, right? She is the quintessential chainmail bikini wearer. Ah, she, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. What, what like, comic is she from? Her Red own, Sonia. yeah. Oh, so she's, she's like a Conan she, Yeah, so she was with Conan a long time ago too, and she was with Marvel, but then Marvel, I don't know if they dropped her or they dropped the comic, but Dynamite now owns it and they've rebooted her. Um, and Gail Simone actually has written the new reboot, and it's cool. really good. That's awesome. Now, you, we talked a little bit about Edmonton Expo, but then we moved on to a tangent. I didn't oh, get sorry. to find out. That's quite all right. This is what happens on this show. Yeah. But By it, the end of this conversation, we won't even be talking about costumes. Yeah, we'll be like talking inevitably. about inevitably probably Star Trek or yeah, something. Yeah, that, that would be my fault. Um, no bikinis. Or that. We've already talked about that, though. <laughs> so what other, what other cons of, or expos or whatever have you been to this year? Uh, Calgary, Saskatoon has one. The Calgary Expo actually just helped them out. They kind of took over. Really? Yeah, it's their third convention they've branched out to. Um, it's really good as well. Uh, quite small because mm -hmm. it is only their second year, but the guys who run it are super friendly. Um, Lethbridge, we went there. We've tried to stay within Alberta just for our first couple of years. We are going to C4 next weekend, which is the Central Canadian Comic Convention in Winnipeg. Cool. Yeah, it happens around Halloween every year, and it's a three-day event, so we're going to go out to that. And when you say we, are you referring to your boyfriend, Zach, yes. as well? Yes, I'm sorry. Who's, yes. Who's also a bit of a cosplayer. He is. Yeah, I'm starting to get him into it. Um, he's loving Finn, the human from Adventure Time, so... <laughs> I kind of conned him into that, and now I'm just slowly trying to figure out what cosplays have beards, so I can kind of squeeze mm. them in. Fat Riker. Fat Riker, yeah. yeah. Well, see, yeah. Zach, Zach's a fit young man. Oh, fair enough. So so that's not really going to work, but he could be Skinny Riker. He could be. He could well, be. Skinny Riker doesn't really have the beard, though, because when the beard showed up, he started to put on the weight. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, Riker just can't win. It's it's really too bad. Um, now, you, you, you talked about um, the difference between dressing as a character you love and dressing just for the sexiness of it. Mm -hmm. and, and there's this whole issue around cosplay doesn't mean consent and all that stuff. How Have you had any, any shitty experiences at cons with people being a little too grabby or, or, or saying the wrong thing? I've had comments and I've had people who are really camera happy. I've luckily never had anyone grab yeah um, I imagine that's less common it it is it still does happen I've heard of girls who have had the issues and and guys for that matter yeah um, I find with male cosplayers girls just think oh it's totally fine to go run up and hug him because he's a dude it's no big deal but it's still a personal boundary thing right for sure um, and some some guys might just legitimately not be comfortable with random women running up and hugging or them. anyone hugging them yeah them. yeah so so how do you react when like I mean the, I imagine the people who say things misguidedly think they're complimenting you. Um, sometimes, yes. And sometimes they say yes. really horrible shit. And sometimes people are just mean, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, but you can't let it get to you. If it is someone saying something a little skeevy, and it is they are trying to compliment me, I, I try to very politely end the conversation. Yeah. Um, because I am out in the public, I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to be a 
think. You like, don't want to cause a scene. No. Yeah. Um, and but it's then, not fair for them to put you in a position where you feel like, I don't want to cause a scene. No. Because they're the one causing the scene. Precisely. Yeah. So, but I mean, I've never had a problem after the conversation has ended. It does help that I have Zach with me because he is there to kind of watch my back. For sure. Um, whereas when I was by myself, I always had another friend who was a cosplayer, so we were always in, in giggles. Okay. So, <laughs> so you maybe didn't notice quite as much. Is that the plural of cosplayer, a gaggle of I, cosplayer? I get, yeah, Yeah, absolutely. a gaggle of cosplayer. I like that. Um, are the con people, the con people, are the organizers of these events, I mean, obviously they have policies that yes. say this is a bad thing. And, and most cons have instituted a formal policies regarding harassment. Have you ever had to go to them and say, listen, there's a dude or, or a lady even who keeps coming by and bugging me? No, not yet. That's great. Um, That's awesome. No, yeah, it's pretty good. And they do, I have had, again, friends that I know dress up have had issues and they have gone to convention volunteers and security and the issue is rectified immediately. Cool. So it's, it's good. Right on. I feel we should segue a little bit into Halloween. <laughs> let's do that. That's part of the reason we're here. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's start off with what are you dressing as for Halloween this year? Okay, so because we're going to a convention, we want it, again, Zach and I want it to dress up as convention type costumes so we're going as x-men characters dressed in halloween costumes very That's meta very cool yeah. actually so who are who are you and zach dressing as as x-men characters um well <sighs> zach is kind of a surprise but whatever i don't care <laughs> well, uh, uh, to be fair who in this podcast is going to be at that convention yeah it's a good know. question you never know well, it's fair i suppose we should give you cards to hand out at the yeah. convention so that people in Winnipeg will listen to what's happening in Edmonton. I would be happy to. Okay, well, well, he is a surprise, but what are okay. you going to do? Um, since we're both as X-Men characters, I'm going as Rogue dressed as a witch. Awesome. And then he's going to go as Wolverine dressed as something. Cool. So, yeah. So he's got he's got to grow in a little bit of a five o'clock. Well, he's got oh, the beard. Oh, he's got a lot. He's got so, to shave some of that off. That's right. So. Yeah, Wolverine has kind of the mutton chops. Yeah. yeah, so. When you guys go to Halloween parties, because you are cosplayers, are people, are are they just like, ugh, damn it, that costume is amazing and I hate you for dressing so awesomely? I don't actually bring my cosplay costumes out to Halloween bars and parties, usually, because I don't want to ruin them. That's fair. Um, I'm so, like, because when I'm drinking... I'm drinking, and <laughs> that's all there is to it. And I really don't want to spill on my black hat costume or anything like that. Uh, my friend Peter is a occasional cosplayer. Yes, he dressed as Spider-Man once. He has, he is, number one, very fit. Number two, quite nimble. And number three uh, is named Peter. So he dresses <laughs> often as Spider-Man and has many different Spider-Man costumes. And he'll usually break one out for Halloween. So he's probably got like a beer-soaked one. Uh, no, because he doesn't drink. Oh, right. But he comes out to the parties to socialize. Yeah. And he will often show up in a Spider-Man costume, and we will all be going, oh, you, oh it's so good. I hate, <laughs> I hate how him. good your costume is. I like, I like the commitment, though, to either, you're either committed in that moment to, to doing cosplay or to drinking. It's, <laughs> it's never both. He did come as Flash last year, though. Ooh. So, But he generally defaults to superheroes. Yeah. Very, very nice. Very nice. So... Do you have the sort of um, a list of, of costumes you want to make that's super long at home? Yes. And you sort of have to prioritize? What, yes. is, what is your holy grail? What is the costume you just, it's completely unreasonable, but Given you would love to do? any amount of money and all the time in the world. I've always wanted to be a stormtrooper. Like 501st oh. quality, like high-end, 
Stormtrooper. Wouldn't you be a little short for a stormtrooper? <laughs> Actually, yes. <laughs> the the molds, like, and that's the other thing. It's like, I don't have vacuum molding or anything. I live in a little apartment. I just don't have the space for that. So I would have to probably get someone else to do it for me. So what you're you're saying, you'd love to, you'd love to be a stormtrooper, but not just to buy the costume. Like a you'd, crappy plastic. You'd yeah. really want to yeah. make it and make it your own. That would be fantastic, yeah. I have a friend, actually, he's making, um, he, he does have the vacuum molds, and he is a prop maker out in Saskatchewan. And he's making me and a bunch of girls um, rebel helmets. Oh, that's and we're so going awesome. as a big rebel group, and we're all going to do our original characters. So, Neat. and you're, you'll dress in the flight suits and everything? Yeah. Jesus, that's yeah. awesome. So, that is cool. And we're getting custom paint jobs on all the helmets, and they're fitted, and we have like visor colors, whatever we want. We want hot pink, we can get hot pink. Oh, and That's amazing. Yeah, and there's. I wish I had friends like that. Yeah. I kind of do, I suppose. But they would. Try. I know a costumer locally who, who would be willing to probably make me any costume that I wanted in exchange for money yeah. for her time and materials of course and well, i imagine that the same deal here yeah absolutely um it's a business it's a job it's just like art or anything like that and they it is art it's not just it like art it is literally art. yeah but they deserve to be paid just like anybody else um i just thought of another costume that would work for me hmm. beard a little bit larger jack porkins <laughs> from star wars there you go yeah i think you'd need to put on more weight <laughs> yeah i think i just porkins. need to eat more and that would be great yeah <laughs> <coughs> gross. So, so gross. So after you go to the con in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. is that it for the year for you? Yes. And things, th- I guess cons sort of don't really happen in the dead of winter, do they, in Canada and in Well, the there's the Pure Speculation Festival in November. That's Which true. traditionally falls on the coldest day of the year. It seems to, yes. Just random happenstance. And just to plug for ourselves, we will be there interviewing one of the special guests. Oh, we will indeed. Year. And we won't tell you who quite yet. Yeah. Are you going to be a pure spec? Is that on your radar at all? I have some personal things in November that I have to take care of. So that's the end of the convention season for me this year. Fair enough. Yeah. And it all starts up again probably with Calgary next year? Um, for us, or for myself, yes. Um, Animathon does have the taste of Animathon in January. I know that's kind of the first one in, in Edmonton. It's right. just a one-day quick hit. But April, April is the big one for us. Cool. Now, before we get to the Fast 15, which is my favorite part of the show. It is. um, I do want to ask a little bit about how, outside of the conventions, how are you promoting yourself and and how difficult is that to do? Social media. That's the key? That's... That is the secret. I learned that at Guru. I, I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> I, suggesting. I wonder who taught me that. I wasn't no. suggesting that we talk about it because but of no, that. But no, but it's true. Social media is so essential. Um, Instagram and selfies and Facebook posts and, and con- like contests. It's just anything, right? And um, people just want to see, generally speaking, photos of you in it's, costume. It's content, right? Yeah. If you're an artist, people want to see what you draw. If you're a cosplayer, people are going to want to see your prints and, and your costumes so mm-hmm. it's really important to keep those people um, up to date on the things that they're supporting you with and updating you with are there are some days where you feel like i just don't want to do this anymore yes yeah um usually by the end of a convention i'm, I'm pretty tired because yeah. i am also selling art um that's where muggle clothing comes in <laughs> i saw that i yeah. actually saw a photo of you i think it was at maybe it might have been edmonton but you just like yeah. sitting at your table and it just said muggle that's it yeah that's that's the costume i have it's just muggle that's i like that i think yeah. that's good i don't know when it happened but muggle seems to have been um taken i want to say uh by the geek community to refer yes. to non-geeks yeah 
Yeah. And like, this, and for, for like different niches. And too. in this case, like non people out of costume. I yeah. love it. It's just one of those things. It's easier than saying appropriated. That was the word I was looking yeah. for. Yeah. So remind people again where they can find you online if they're interested in seeing some of your, your outfits. Um, Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, all of those are Artist Missy, M-I-S-S-Y. Awesome. Well, you kind of preemptively segued into it. I did. Obviously, it is now the time for your favorite part of the show. Yes, here we go. The, the Fast, Fast 15. 15. So uh, as I explained before we started recording, uh, these are 13 questions we ask of all our guests, except I did change one for this season. You son of a bitch. I changed one. So this will be, you'll be the first person to answer this question. Oh, good. Because good. our Very first exciting. guests were repeat guests who had already done the Fast 50. That's right. And then, of course, two wildcard questions uh, tailored to you, one of which you already sort of answered. Okay. And uh, although we call it the Fast 15, it is traditionally the slowest part of the show. That's so right. don't feel the pressure okay. to answer. It's yeah. not so, one word answers or anything. Well, most of them are, oh. but, but. Sometimes people explain and that's well. And that's fine. Okay. That's, this is an interview after all. So here we go, the Fast 15 with cosplayer Melissa Sakela. Number one, your favorite food. Sushi. Your favorite color. Gray. Mac, PC, or Linux? PC. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Coffee or tea? Tea. Uh, your favorite holiday? Uh, Halloween. Good answer. <laughs> and, and obvious, but that's okay. Your, your favorite sport? To play or to watch? Either. Up to you. Okay. Hockey to watch. Okay, awesome. You're Just out of curiosity, what would be your answer to play? I'm not very sportsy. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, is TV watching a sport? It is Absolutely, now. Okay, yes. Thank you. Competitive <laughs> television watching. Oh God, yeah. Your favorite pastime? Um, art or costuming. Right on. What about your favorite show to binge watch on Netflix? Ah. Uh, I really like, it depends, because there's a few. Because some have a lot of seasons, and it's good to binge watch, but there's some that are new but don't have a lot. Okay. Um, either Hannibal, Ooh. but it's new, so there's not a lot to go through. Or I'm a huge Supernatural fan. Ooh, I was watching some of that yesterday. Really? Yeah. It's just like underwear model who have cry fests and then kill monsters. It's fantastic. <laughs> that's a great way to describe it. I think that's why so many women like Supernatural. Yeah. Right? yeah. And so many gay men. At also factual. Yeah. Uh, your favorite movie? Oh my god, this is hard. Just just pick one. Most well, recently, The Avengers, but okay, that's a good answer. Are you excited for the new Avengers yes. movie? You see the trailer oh on Friday? Oh my god, yes. I liked Marvel's uh, reaction to it getting leaked early. Their Hail Twitter Hydra. account. Their Twitter account is a damn it, Hydra. <laughs> That's awesome. And then they just kind of owned it. They didn't try to pull it. They were just like, "All right, here's some other promotional stuff." Yep. Get ready to pull the trigger. Uh, your favorite video game? Oh, this is embarrassing. Harvest Moon. Why is that not embarrassing? That's not embarrassing. I don't know. There's just something about it that's so mind-numbingly relaxing. <laughs> that's a good answer. I yeah. like that. Uh, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? To understand and speak any language. We've never had that one before. That's a good one, too. That's a very good one. Yeah. Uh, what about your... This is the penultimate. Not the penultimate. That's the wrong word. This is the ultimate question. In that it is the final of the 13 original questions? That is correct. Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, Star Wars. 
Damn you, Sorry. Melissa. Sorry. Damn you. It just broke his heart. All right. She and was talking about all of the Star Wars costumes she wants to Of do, course. So. Of course. Yes. No, I get it. I understand. I understand. I get it. No one loves a fat Riker. <laughs> I didn't have television when I was a kid, so I never saw Star Trek oh, until I was it. much older. Well, I know what you're binge watching next on Netflix. Yeah. Um, so now we're on to our wild card questions. Um, what would you say has been your best con experience, specifically or generally? Um, my best con experience is kind of general, just meeting people. There's so many cool people out there. And, like, I just went to Lethbridge, and there was little to no one there. It was, like, 1,300 people, super mm-hmm. small. But I got to meet another cosplayer, Vegas Power Girl. And just the fact that there was no one around, I actually got to sit down and talk with her, and it was so awesome. That's great. That's awesome. And you answered this question, so I'm going to change it slightly, and we'll see how it goes. I was going to ask you what is the the best or your ultimate costume to put together, but what will be your next costume? Do you know? I have a few. Okay. Um, I'm working on a female Hellboy. Ooh, hell girl. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So right now it's in like the research phase. So I've bought a buttload of Hellboy stuff um, and I'm starting to figure out how to make the costume and I'm hoping for Calgary for that one. Wow. Um, and then just a few little ones. Like I, I want to do like a Castiel from Supernatural and just little ones that are easier to bring with me to conventions. For sure. Yeah. So and then, of course, the, the Rebel pilots oh, yes. are coming for Calgary, hopefully. That's awesome. That's very cool. Well, that's it for the Fast 15. Yeah. And that brings us to the end of our interview with you, Melissa. Okay. Thank you. Thank Thank you you. so much. I didn't die. (laughs) She did very well. She was very nervous, but but it all worked out. In the end, it turned out podcasting was not torture. That's right. No, it was an enjoyable experience. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Take care. You've been listening to The Unknown Studio, episode 104. Our guest, Melissa Sakela. Pre-production by Adam Rosenhart. Post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois. You can visit us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca. Thanks for listening. Hey, Scott. Yes, Adam. That dude over there, why does he have a shovel for a face? <laughs> Shit. Is it a shovel face? No. What is it? Shovel, I don't think there's such a thing as a shovel face. What do they call him? Pyramid head. Pyramid head. That's right. <laughs> shovel face. There's your new horror movie pitch right there. <laughs> oh, my God. That guy's got the face of a shovel. That man has a shovel for a face, and now he murders teenagers. If we knock him down woods. and push him, he can clear our sidewalk.